This is CliffCentral.com. This is Disrupt with Booming Club, powered by two systems. Good morning, good day, and thank you for joining us. Welcome to Disrupt with Mpumin Tlapo. It's our first show for 2018, and we are super excited. We've got a lot of new things on the show that we'll be introducing, um, some exciting new guests. Um, one of them is with me in the studio today. I'll introduce him shortly. Um, so we're really, really excited about about getting going for 2018, about all the possibilities of, of what 2018 holds for us. Um, as you know, on this show, we really focus on the topic of disruption. We try to unpack it as simply as possible. We try to invite people onto the show that can help us better understand this changing and dynamic world in which we live today and how, whether it's technology, whether it's marketing, whether it's law, so really how all these industries are being impacted and changed uh, by this uh, concept or evolution of disruption as as we've come to understand it on the show. Um, we still have our sponsors, T-Systems, who help us to make the platform possible. So we're very grateful for that and happy that they're still on board with us in 2018. Um, and really excited for all the feedback and input we've gotten from, from our listeners on the show. So really, thank you very much and uh, stay with us for 2018. Uh, to kickstart us today, um, I've got a very interesting guest joining me on the show. His name is Dean Furman, and not Dean Furman, the football player, but Dean Furman, the actuary slash uh, growth consultant um, slash expert on innovation. So we're going to really get to understand Dean, and he's going to help us uh, get 2018 going. Dean, how are you doing? Yeah, good and you. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us um, as our first guest for 2018. Um, you've uh, published a book, Exponential Potential, and we're going to be yeah. talking about it on the show today. So I'm really excited about that. But before we get into that, just very quickly, Dean, a little bit about yourself. Um, wh- what do you do? What's your background? So my background, I started as an actuary, but uh, moved out of that as uh, quickly as possible because it's really boring. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I was at the financial service companies, like at Discovery and then moved on to Alexander Forbes. We okay. had a great time, won a couple annual innovation awards at Discovery and eventually at uh, Alexander Forbes was running for them, really, which was like a skunk work, a sort of business completely on the side, which uh, focused on radical innovation and disruption and things to help uh, their business and did that for, for two years. And once I was in that and had sort of a mandate to explore and discover new things around innovation and uh, the new world just my eyes were completely opened i thought i was at the cutting edge of things before that but then really when i had time to really learn i was just amazed because the world of technology and the world of innovation moves so quickly that absolutely and everyone's so bogged down you know whether you inside a large corporate and you just got deadlines or you're trying to grow your own business as an entrepreneur you don't have time to spend hours every day learning but the thing is you almost need to to keep up so i had the luxury to be able to do that and really um that led to me actually i felt that i'd took my own knowledge to a certain level where now i want to do help others so i then land up going on my own very much to help uh, companies and part of that journey was actually putting the book together which actually was never my intention at the beginning yes in my in the beginning i thought to myself okay now i want to go help companies with their own growth their innovation with everything and i sort of putting a framework of that together and it's sort of just developing and developing and eventually i thought okay well this is actually quite awesome stuff um let me just make this into a book yeah um did that and now it's in a lot of the stores and it's like uh pretty cool released it 
in December. So it's brand new. Fantastic. And, and, we're, the, yeah. and we're the first to talk to you about it. Yeah. Which is great. So just very quickly, I mean, um, it's interesting because you had to be pulled out of the normal daily work that you were doing at Alex Forbes at the time. Yes. To be able to get into that frame of mind and, and not Definitely. everybody has the luxury to do that. So, I mean, what, was that something that really spearheaded um, getting to you, getting you to where you were today, being given that space and time to be able to really think about these growth topics, these innovation topics? Definitely, definitely. Uh, I had innovation roles uh, previously, but within organizations. But the problem is that it's, you don't really learn and update your own sort of mindset and tool set over times. You become doing a lot of the same old tricks and the companies just land up doing that. Yes. And I've seen now when I've gone to a lot of companies, they tell me, no, we're at the leading edge of stuff. Look, we've got an app and it does this and that. And the type of stuff that they tell me, I'm like, okay, well, if I was talking to you 10 years ago, that would be cool. But like, you know, there's actually a real new world. And we'll we, I think we'll talk about a few of those things on the show, just real yes. things that um, can really help you and change the way that you work. And another problem that happened is just the, you, one, you become bogged down and you don't have time to learn. Another thing is you actually, there are not so many quality people out there to help. There are a lot of people, unfortunately, that talk the right lingo and the right jargon, but uh, don't give you practical things that will help every day. So there's a lot of these futurists and all that out there. And some of them are great in terms of what they do. And there's definitely a space for them, but like to understand, like to hear about how people will be going to space for free. Doesn't help you in your business today. You know, what do I do in my business today to get an edge? Exactly. Exactly. And it's great to hear and it's exciting. And you go to these conferences and maybe the things that are great, like the singularity university stuff that comes out here. And it's all amazing. And you need to go there and you need to be in touch. But often people come back from the thing and they inspired two days later. They're no longer inspired and their tool set and their kits to actually work stays the same. And And, now what? And I guess that's where the book comes in, right? So you've, 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 you've written the book and authored it almost as a playbook, you said to me. Yeah. Um, so I mean, just take me through the thinking behind it and how it's structured. Yeah. So it sort of takes you through every, practically every element from starting a company off from the start. To actually, to growing it to achieve sort of massive, hopefully massive growth. So it starts off by really much the first thing is the mindset, getting in, plug into the right mindset to understand what are the characteristics of the people and the companies that are, are really winning. And I tried to not as, as much as possible, I try to avoid fluff when writing this because, you know, I've read too many books where it's great, the message around it, but the guys, say the same thing 50 times in 50 different ways with, you know, <laughs> examples that are a bit patronizing. And I really tried not to do that. And even, for example, the mindset stuff, instead of um, saying, okay, this is what I think your mindset needs to be, what I did is put uh, like founders of companies like Uber and Airbnb through and sort of like this this available tool that's like artificial intelligence tool that looks on any information about you on the internet anywhere and the way you write and everything your linguistics and everything and it distills it into really a full personality analysis of you so basically took that put some of these founders through that algorithm and then sort of looked at okay what makes them tick what doesn't make the ticks and it was very very interesting that so, yeah what, what did you find so what are some of like what are the top three characteristics that came through I think that they all um, don't like rigid structures. Okay. That's one thing they really came through. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, and they say love 
big ideas. And another thing is that a lot of them also not risk averse. So the thing is that a lot of them aren't afraid to go out there and to, to, um, to do something and do something awesome and also not care what people have to say. Yeah. Because the problem is that whenever you start something that's a bit different, there'll be a lot of naysayers and a lot of people saying, okay, no, this won't happen. This seems ridiculous. Even if you look at Airbnb, it does seem a little bit ridiculous. Like if you had to say, oh, people charge people to sleep on your couch, mm, like which yeah. is how it started. Like, you know, there'd be plenty of people tell you like, dude, you're an idiot. But what are you trying to do here? Yeah. But it's very much one of the things that came with their personality is strong self-belief in terms of not worrying so much about what other people say about uh, them. So it was very interesting to look at that. And something I didn't include in the book because I was, which maybe I should have, I was a bit worried about um, any negative feedback. I don't want to say anything negative about any specific individuals, but what I was did is I actually looked at some of their competitors and some of really large organizations, their heads, okay. and looked at their personality traits compared to it. And you can see actually the difference. Most of the CEOs of large organizations or it came out very stable calculated not quick to make decisions um very much completely on the opposite spectrum and if you actually look at this uh, the way that sort of the program shows it it's sort of like puts on a chart where that person's personality is and it's almost it was like on the it was diametrically opposed it was like completely at the opposite side yeah yeah. it was the polar opposite so if it was just amazing from that perspective to look and to think would um, who would you back? Who would you book? The guy who really had was out there, was, wasn't afraid to take risks to try new things, or the guy who was calculated and and you know slower to make decisions, and they need huge amounts of data and evidence to base things on. And you know, in this day and age, in this day and age, with how quickly things move and the potential out there, there's only one winner. There's going to be, um, and that would be. Those type of disruptive personalities. So that mm. was really much the beginning of that, that mindset to, to get into it. Okay. And then, and then look at the companies that actually were developed from that and look at some of the key characteristics of those companies in terms of how they structured and how very much based on digital and stuff. Okay. Um, okay. So if, I, if I've got you right. So the first thing we looked at was the mindset, right? Yes. And just very quickly before we move away from that, you said it's a free tool that, yeah. that's available so on the internet. Can, yeah. It's very fun. It's, um, called Crystal. Crystal Nose. I think the, the URL is crystalnose.com. Okay. You can do it. You can also like, um, it's actually mad. Like they got extension for LinkedIn. So it's cool. It will tell you also how to write to people. So for example, I actually looked at your profile before I came here. I yeah. thought it would be quite fun to see yours. Also, it actually was, it said very influential personality. You love uh, collaborating with people. You also love Big ideas, actually. You got a very similar mindset to a lot of these. I, guys. I just need a billion dollar organization, and I'm done. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and on, on the negative side, it, it said, uh, if you don't mind me saying, it said, "Oh, you try. You don't like grunt work, no. which is which I also don't like." Yeah. <laughs> but I guess the the admin and the grunt, and it said, as funny enough, it said that um, it also maps like if me and you. Um, how we would work together and uh, how so we, if we would if we'd conflict or if there'd be a natural mm. fit. They said we'd be amazing together, but we'd need a third party to make sure to All keep us done <laughs> and organized and to get that, that key, uh, grant work done, which is quite amazing. And people, the, just, this is just one example. You know, it's, uh, it's not got no affiliation to this company or anything, but the thing is that it's just one example of the tools that people don't realize are out there. So the thing is like what 
companies, some massive companies are using this type of technology because Crystal's one of them. There are a few different ones. IBM's got their Watson program that does similar things. What they using this for, for example, is say you're a business to business company. You want to send a salesperson to a representative of a potential client. Yes. What it will do is it will match who in your sales staff has the, the personality that Jules the best with the person you're going to meet. So you're most likely to get success through that relationship. Exactly. And yeah. they even do stuff with like call centers. <laughs> like, wow. okay, if someone's there, who that is coming through, uh, to match it that way within teams at work for doing that, for hiring new people. Okay. How would that interact with it? And it's not, and, and stuff like that is, it's, that's what I say. It's like, it's based on artificial intelligence. But for me, you know, like that's a practical, Example of how you can bring something like one of the buzzwords, artificial intelligence, into and make it very practical, very practical and yes. easy. And and the thing that people need to realize: you don't need to build the stuff. You don't need to build the robots. Yeah, that's the extreme side of artificial intelligence. Like you don't need to build the stuff. You just might need to know how to plug into it for like for the the general guy growing their own company. You need to understand certain ways of how to plug into it, and then it changes the way. It changes completely the way you do things. Mm, mm. So let, let's move forward then. Um, you then talk about uh, disruptive and exponential companies in the book. Uh, wh- what's that all about? So I just um, start looking at um, the characteristics of companies that have grown so far. So like now when you look at it, that it's a thing, you know, the infographics have been passed around everywhere, but like, Companies have been able to grow to billion dollar valuations and more in quicker time ever than before. Yes. So even, you know, like years ago, companies could fortune 500 companies, for example, in the US where the stats are there, it took them 15 to 20 years. And then a few years ago, you know, maybe it took Google and Facebook five to six years to do. Now there's companies, for example, some of the virtual reality companies and some others have done it in just over a year. Now you think if you go from nothing to a billion dollar to, company to a billion, yeah. and, just, and you're able to do that because purely the the scale through the digital mediums these days you know you can suddenly you've got something great that really helps the world so it actually solves a problem you can actually get it to millions and millions of people and they can take it in no time whereas before you can never do that but it's all about how do you, you need to structure a company to be able to do that okay. and and get the, and get that and even so, so what so what are the things that you you talk about is it more about the the inherent like the structure in terms of the organogram or is it time with the form of business that, that you have uh, what are no, the things it's more it's more the not as much the the organogram a little bit touch on it but more more in terms of some of the key concepts for example um making sure don't <laughs> how you get stuff when you need them like for example that's just one example like get staff on demand instead of hiring a thousand people and now you've got this huge heavy workforce okay um utilize resources when you need them okay. and for example even stuff like the uh, no like now everyone knows that to plug into like don't have your uh, own huge systems and storage things use cloud resources okay so that everything is very Agile and, and you know, you, you're not sitting on these huge costs and you can scale up or down if necessary I very, see. very quickly. So talk a lot of those principles there. Okay. So it's building a lot of uh, agility, uh, leveraging yes. the digital era in terms yes, of how you, how you formulate your business. Yes. So tips and tricks on, on how to do that. Yes, definitely. Okay. And then, and then you talk about idea generation. Yeah. Um, which, which, uh, and before you get into that, I mean, you know, if, 
50% of the time I speak to people and, and a lot of the work that companies want to put in is to say, how can we generate new ideas? How can we become more innovative? So this is a big topic. How, how do you tackle it? Yeah, so I think that there's a big misnomer about that is that a lot of people think, okay, well, you can uh, sit and meditate under a tree and until something comes to you or you can have a cool room in your company with beanbags and balls and throw it to each other and just have a brainstorm until something amazing pops up. But the truth is that I feel that the bedrock of idea generation is is your learning. So, so I very much feel like Steve Jobs said that like creativity is really about connecting different things together. And he says, he said that like people who are real idea generators actually end up feeling guilty whenever I said, Oh, you came up with this brand new thing that actually I often don't feel like I actually didn't come up with it. It just seemed obvious. You know, it almost yes. feels like you stole it. But the truth is that that whole thing of connecting dots that very much if ideas are your outputs, Learning is very much your input. Okay. The more things you just open yourself up to see what's happening out there, what is, exists in the world, how different industries are doing things, automatically your mind, and there's certain individuals that are much better at doing it than others, but start connect, and there's certain principles also talk about in the book of how to do it, but you start connecting those dots and you say, okay, in this industry, they've done this, as this changed because of this and next reason. You almost have to like sometimes do things. For example, one of the practical things is, Stealing the essence of what's made something work very well. Like you see one idea and it's work. Okay. What's the essence? What is the, the secret source behind yes. that? And why has that clicked so well? And applying that to your own industry or, and like those type of things. So it's very much looking at that. And, and also there's, and it's one thing saying learning so much and to get into that, but, um, just knowing where and how. So for example, one of the, Resources that I love is, have you ever used the platform, the website trendhunter.com? No, I have not. No. So it's actually the biggest, um, website in the world and the most popular one for new ideas and, and trends that are coming out anywhere in the world. So it's pretty awesome. Okay. Anything that comes out, um, in the world that's different to something that has been done before and, um, sort of they, you know, you can, if you've developed something, you can say to them, uh, write them, say, this is the new thing and like to submit this to your website. And then they verify and they got people looking and say, okay, this is awesome or it's not awesome. Let's put it on. But they have about a hundred and something ideas every day being added to their platform. So it's amazing to go and it changes all the time and all the time. And it's just, I feel like it's one of those things that completely just opens your mind. You start seeing all these radical things that are happening in the world and another thing is that and a lot of companies make these mistakes like speaking to a lot of the banks and stuff they make the mistake they're like no we investigate so much we know what's happening with banking everywhere in the world and they talk about banking 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 blockchain the ar with that to this and they're all they're all talking about the exact same thing i very much think that you have to do that you have to do that but that's like, just a basic you, yeah, you need to it. be there to do that in, to be in the game but 100%. it's not enough you need to look at the whole world and see what's happening everywhere and then being able to look at that and then to plug it in so for example i always think like when you watch six-year-olds play soccer i don't know if you've ever watched you know yeah. maybe kids or something is that all they do is everyone runs after the same ball so you got like 
20 kids there they're all chasing this one ball no matter where it goes yeah. there's no like sort of positioning and strategic thing like that I think that's a lot of companies in a lot of industries these days their key themes that they're all chasing they're all going over the, after that same ball which you have to do you can't ignore where the ball's going mm. but at the same time there has to be one or two people positioned within a team that are away from where everything else is because you know the ball can change very quickly and things can happen that you can create the ball to move in that direction and then you can be wide open to do things differently so if something's happening in retail it's important for banks i'm just saying to know about it because yep then you start connecting those dots it's all about connecting those dots maybe that applies maybe it doesn't apply but i think people are very narrow focused and minded and they're all focused on the same things and then they'll all chase the same things and then they'll you know they'll checkmate each other over time it's really much needs to be a lot broader than that okay fantastic so that's that's really around the idea generation so um, what i'm gleaning from that is a lot about the learning becomes the inputs to the creative outputs that you might be looking for fundamentally yeah definitely and there's a lot of more principles touched on in the book but like i i feel that's the most important it's okay it's really you don't have the learning you know that's 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 the start of it all yeah and then you talk about building your product um which sounds kind of very old school if i can put it like that but i, su- I suspect there's more to that no there's more to that and it's, it's very much around uh, a lot of that's not new thinking it's very much around the Lean startup methodology and just very much like experimentation in terms of don't do what a lot of companies still do, um, by spending millions designing a product and then hoping it works when, once you launch and very much testing the markets, understanding things, experimenting and then, um, going and, and finding what let people let your market tell you what works and then adjusting that way so it's very much it's very much like lean startup thinking not uh, that's the thing that i added to that which was very cool is well i thought it was quite cool was actually source the many of the slide decks from companies when they presented to get funding etc okay like for example the youtubes or the ubers and all of those type of companies and sort of matching look at how they presented and put together their problem statements with like a, a youtube for example if i remember they were saying videos are too big to email to save takes too much space there isn't one format for videos and their problem statement it was very interesting going back those years now yeah. that they're so huge yes to actually look at how they articulate there was a problem statement where's how did they go about some of the experimentation and looked at a lot of different companies and i sort of applied that to but it's already quite well established thinking of how it does it just adding more meet to that by looking actually practically how companies really did that and especially around how they did that when they that they were looking to grow their business or to get funding and because yes. there they show you okay how they've structured they have to show funders how they've structured their business how you know what what their competitive advantage was what isn't and it but look at the way they did it it's 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 you can learn a lot in terms yeah. of how to do it yourself. Can I, can I ask a question on that? Because when we talk, and I want to take YouTube as an example, you know, yes. we we will talk about YouTube and say they've democratized broadcast and they've empowered the individual to have like a, you know, their own ability to share their message. Was there any of that in 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 their thinking at the time, or did it evolve into that? Interesting to know. I mean, were they really talking about well, we need to make people able to post videos? They were not thinking they're going to democratize broadcasting at the time. Sure. Is that correct? I think yeah. I, when they were looking at, if I remember back. To to their full full pitch, I think they were quite, and I think this is one of the things that go back to the mindset, which is quite amazing. Is their dream was already there? 
Ah, uh, okay. So uh, they had a purpose from the beginning. They had a purpose from the beginning. I think maybe they would never have dreamed it would have gone as far as it really did, but yes. they really did have that purpose and line of sight as well. And with anything, I promise you, nothing ends up being exactly the way you pictured it and the use cases for it. Yes. I think theirs, as a particular example, theirs did, but uh, I think they were very visionary behind that. But a lot of other companies, if you see the way that they sort of pivoted that Sometimes you've had companies starting in and they've done that. They got funding for a big idea and only to see that only a small component of what they were building, which they thought was a tiny little component of their product, yes. was the thing that everyone loved and what their essence, what they thought would be brilliant to make them different, no one wanted. And they had to completely change just because they were there to discovery. But I think it's like everything in terms of growing in entrepreneurship, it's all about discovering, but learning as quickly as you can because you know, you could you could try from the start build something and be like, okay, we think this is amazing and we've got our own insights and we see how this works. But inevitably, the market tells you something different. The market uh, will end up say, it's saying, we don't like this for X, Y, Z. Then you adjust and you adjust and you adjust until you get to that awesome thing that they do want. And even if you've got a brilliant idea, even if you've got something that hits the nail on the head that's amazing, um, just – it's all about optimizing and optimizing and optimizing all the time. Mm. So I loved what I heard the other day where, you know, you've got that old thing about, um, Malcolm Gladwell always talks about the 10,000 hours until you become an expert in something. Yes. So now they're saying that the new thing is that the likes of Facebook and that it's all about 10,000 hours of not work, but 10,000 hours of experimentation. They're saying that now there's not one Facebook platform. There's not the Facebook that you use might not be the same as the Facebook I use. Yes. They say there's, there's, they say that there's thousands of actual different variations of it out all the time. So they can see, they can see from the analytics, they can see that from the stats, look, this is the best stuff that's working. That's not. So this thing just evolves into the perfect. That is constantly solution. evolving. It's constantly, constantly changing. fluid, evolving and changing. Whereas, you know, there's nothing new about people preaching all the stuff about lean startup and everything but i feel that people talk about it but still most of the major companies and the big companies still don't do it yeah they talk about it and there's talk and it's like everything else you know there's a lot of talk mm. but you actually see what they do in the end of the day and then they they go and uh they still go and they spend millions developing something and then have to on a wing and a prayer hope that, that, it, works. Uh, that it works yeah so I know two key themes um, th that you said really stand out for you in the book was around explosive marketing tactics and the competitive intelligence. So I just want to spend a couple of minutes uh, talking about those yes. two topics uh, in, in particular. So let's start with the explosive marketing tactics. Um, what, what do you cover and what's the, what's the storyline around that? Yeah, so so those two chapters are really my favorite because they really takes tangible, practical things that you can use and things that I found have changed the way that I work. So very much in the marketing section, I've looked at every sort of element of marketing that, that's broken it up into, you know, between your display advertising, your search engine uh, optimization, your search engine marketing, your social media advertising even your offline stuff like bullboards or not and it, within each heading i really took and looked at say what is the cutting edge stuff in that in that subcategory of marketing now what stuff can you use to really take that to the next level with also some tips for each element of of your your marketing tactics so okay. 
Yeah, so really, really went into that. So, for example, the first one, public uh, relations, looking at it, there's, there's, for example, a, a platform called Tracker where you can actually it gives you every single bit of information about different influences in your market. Uh, so if you want to, I don't know, you want to go into industries building a, I don't know, something for animal, <laughs> animal products, uh, about, uh, something that helps you look after the environment or for animals or stuff like that. You can see who are the biggest influence there. And with a whole way of tracking that, where they are, how they engage, how to get, in touch with them and to handle your relation and build that over time. So just for public relations or, or just for example, there's something called Oscar reporter or sorry, help a reporter out, uh, called Harrow. So for example, there every single day, there will be actually reporters asking specific questions. Say we looking for experts on this for a piece that we're writing. Are you there? And, uh, I know that I've done that sometimes or answered one or two questions. And then what happens is that a lot of the time they'll quote you in that. So for your own sort of PR and publicity, they can do that. So just, that's just the, the base example for that marketing. But also within that, there's, there's some things that it's not just doing things better. Of course, there's things to do things and take things to the next level in terms of how you're doing that. Okay. Uh, but there's also some ways of just doing things cheaper. A lot of it is for, Especially smaller companies, you know, you want to start building your own company. You don't want to have to now do your marketing. You go to a designer who's charging you thousands of rands to put things together and a whole strategy for you. There's a lot of do-it-yourself um, technology, which is probably, to be honest, what these guys use, these digital agencies use anyway. anyway yeah. For example, there's a program called, and I use it all the time, called Canva, C-A-N-V-A. And it just became Australia's first unicorn, which is a company that's worth a uh, billion dollars. And uh, basically, it makes it so easy to design anything. So you're looking for a a picture for your Facebook. You're looking to email someone something and you want an awesome email uh, graphic. You're looking for you know dozens and dozens of different types of things, everything from a business proposal to anything. They've got just got loads and loads and loads of templates and uh, images that you just you know drag it in you change the colors okay. you add your own things and it looks so professional like you know i'm no designer but i've designed things that are super awesome for for free yeah. and it's amazing and it comes in and looks top-notch and professional but it's the platform you know it's not yeah. the user it's just the so, way they've done it is so awesome and i mean you call them explosive marketing tactics so i'm, I'm going to glean from that it's something different to what we are typically doing today so what is the explosiveness within some of the things that that, that you're suggesting we need to be we, we need to be doing from a marketing perspective i think it's just to be on the cutting edge of where it is for example even what we touched on earlier in terms of crystal in terms of personalizing messages to specific personality traits yes or there's another thing which is pretty awesome called persado so what it does is if you want to write a email to someone or you want to put an advert up or anything you know one of the things for anyone who's done that you can spend half a day thinking about how do i word this you think oh, what's the best way to word this to engage and what typically what companies would do is okay for the online stuff they would say, okay, let's put a few things out, test, see which works, and then put more money behind that. What this does is it's, they've got 40 billion, um, 
communications, be it um, or engagement. So from email marketing to adverts to all different types of engagement, they got forty, but sort of a data set of forty billion um, communications. Call them because marketing is effectively communication. Yes, and they've seen what has engaged best and hasn't. Okay, and once again, using sort of machine learning and artificial intelligence, they've. They will help you so you can put in and say, I want to write an email to all my subscribers and I want to tell them about a new product I have. Okay. You say that, okay, this is the way I want to write it and this is the type of emotion I want to convey and a couple other inputs. And what they do is they help you and they distill it down and they say, based on the machine learning, this is the perfect sentence to use to get the most engagement. It's just <laughs> mad. Like, yeah. this is supposed to be mad. And their claim, listen, whether it's not true, if it's not true, it's close to true, is they said their claim is that they'll beat a human 100% of the time. So that's just their claim, which wow. is, which is pretty amazing if you think about it. And, and you think about that type of technology. If I was a digital agency, I'd be very scared because, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that can take them over. I think that the thing is that a lot of them prey on the lack of, uh, knowledge of what's available of what's available yeah so the thing is people are still spending um so much money i've seen companies now um for for example i use a another program to develop um some videos for for myself for my business and it cost me maybe two three hundred rand well, actually, it cost me maybe 500 rand to develop as many as I wanted a month. So it's 500 rand a month. I know for the same quality videos, uh, digital agencies are charging 100,000 rand. Sure. Now you think of the difference between the two. Um, it is just amazing. Mm. And the thing is that, um, this is what you're able to do today. But then like large organizations and small companies, small companies don't have the budget to do that. And, uh, but large companies don't know any better. Yeah, and they're also and, under pressure. Yes. They're also under pressure, yeah. Okay, so let's move on then to the competitive intelligence. Um, yeah, so that's, that's really awesome. So like, I, I've, that's the way I've got a lot of uh, gigs for myself is that's Kogoda company and you actually should come to them with some, some things that they don't even know about their own company and their competitors that there's so many freely available resources. Like now you can tell where a company, a company, why, how much traffic they get to their site? Where is coming from? Is it direct? Is it from referrals from other sites? Is it through search engine? Through not what they're advertising? What they're spending on? What they're not? Uh, you can see there's you can see exactly you know you can basically unpack almost a company's whole strategy by piecing together competitive intelligence tools that are out there. So for example, okay, so one which is cool, but the date on South African companies isn't. It's good yet. Okay. But there's a, for example, there's a, there's a platform called Siftery, S-I-F-T-E-R-Y. So basically what it does is you go there, it's 100% free. You can type in, for example, Airbnb and you can see, um, that they've sort of sourced, um, all the technologies being used inside Airbnb. So it's not a hundred percent correct, but yeah. it's pretty accurate. So all the product that they use on the platform. Yeah, so basically. It, yeah, basically, so every technology, so if they use Google Analytics, or if they use okay, whatever it may be, you can see, actually get that insight into doing something. So you can then say, okay, you're a company, you want to see, I want to see what the best 
I don't know, HR tools are for my own company. You can go and look at that and then in the, get a really good idea through that platform. Okay, what are these cutting edge companies doing? Or if you're a bank in, in South Africa, you can look at what, um, what are Bank of America or Citibank or stuff like that? What does their things look like? Because otherwise also you're at the, you're at the, Mercy of salespeople. They come in, they tell you this is the best thing. This is what I've heard. This is yeah. what I've done. This is best. This is, you know, we're the best in the market. But with, with these tools, you can actually see, okay, well, who's been using it? How many have used that compared to other products? What are the reviews? It will give you automatically comparisons between the features of all of them. Probably what companies would do is getting people inside there to do research for weeks to yes. try work this out. Yes. You can do it, at, get it at a click of a button. Um, it's just amazing. For example, um, What's out there and you can see. And for example, I did a workshop for a company the other day. And as, as I said, and when I went there, I said to them, and it's not my area at all. I said to them, do you know that your security on your site is not up to scratch of where it needs to be? Hmm. And then they would say, what do you mean? And I showed them, um, and using that, some basic tools that were available. Exactly. Cause it was one of the thing that using the tools, one of these analysis tools it was just one of the things that were highlighted. Uh, you know, so I'm yeah. not a tech guy that can look inside and see it wasn't structured it was just quite an obvious thing that was flagged to say note this is the problem this is why the things and i showed them and they just thank goodness they knew that they say imagine how much traffic they were losing by not knowing that yeah like it's quite sad that someone from outside of the organization had to come and do that and not even a tech person like you know i am tech person in a certain way but you know yeah to, to do that so yeah it's just amazing the type of stuff you can find out from people, you can find out like what emails companies send. You can find out what uh, in one place all the advertisings they. Uh, on they one, put on one hand, it's a little bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> if you're running an organization, um, just you know the breadth uh, of information that's freely available about yes. your business. Um, so Definitely. I guess to a certain extent, um, you know, uh, this need to be exponential as a business because so much information is freely available. Yes. You know, you can't rely on the basics. You know, yes. the, the fundamentals are there and, and you need to have them in place, but it's all the other stuff that we talk about here 100%. becomes very important. Okay. So the, I know there's quite a few chapters, but I want to skip a couple. So, um, you know, we've got networking. I'm going to, I'm going to jump that for now. I want to talk, talk about this one, which is near and dear to me. It's never stop learning. Um, yeah. I quite like even yes. the way you phrased it here as a topic. Um, you yes. know, this concept of constantly learning, I guess it also feeds into everything else, right? Yes. No, definitely, definitely. Um, and I think there's no excuse today not to learn because there's so many different resources you can tap into to do so. You know, if you in the car, you can listen to an audio book or a podcast or anything like else like that. Um, or for example, actually it was the last thing I was involved with, uh, when I was running that disruptive innovation unit for Alexander Forbes actually was involved bringing a platform called Degreed, um, to the country, Alexander Forbes formed a big partnership uh, to help put that partnership together hmm. where it's an amazing technology. So what it does is their whole theory is that not only is formal learning university things and that important, but also informal learning. Um, so if you think about it, every single day, you could probably learn more while you look at your smartphone on the toilet than you do in some training room. Absolutely. So, so basically what it does is is it asks you what you're looking to learn and then it, every day it will bring you learning from it pulls from about 1800 different sources all into one place and it brings you that on a day-to-day -day basis this is stuff that we think you would like but then it also uses machine learning to actually 
know in what format you like that information. What subjects do you like? Maybe it's different. Maybe you said you like um, to learn about blockchain, but really it shows that <laughs> you like learning about, I don't know, the behavior of cats. You know what I mean? Yeah. It will start adjusting that over time. But the coolest thing of what it does is it actually starts building an informal learning CV for you. So um, it will take all that learning. It does it. You watch a YouTube video, for example, through that, it will know what subject that is. So it will say, okay, you've watched a video on blockchain now. Let's put that in and it will give you points for that. So over time, you can see exactly all the learning that that you've done all mm. in one place. It mm. will make actually despite to people. So, for example, organizations like eBay use it. They won't let people t- take on new exciting projects unless they've seen that their learning through that system is uh, up see. to a certain so that level. There's actually, I guess what they're trying to tap into is to say, are you genuinely interested in this topic? Yes, is there definitely. something that at least there's a certain amount of passion around it for yeah, you? Yeah, and clued up. And uh, it's almost like a digital way of keeping up with CPD points. So it's like, <laughs> you know, like uh, all these professions, they say go to these events and there, and each one's got a certain amount of points. But mm. like this is just a way to really track how you're doing that in time and engaging and for them it just shows that like they've showed eBay have showed their belief in informal learning and that's the thing I promise you that that's a way to get ahead a lot of jobs are going to be taken from people through new technologies are going to take away jobs but if you learning and you staying ahead of that and you tapping into the technology the opportunities for anyone are way more than there's ever been before and you have to continuously learn to stay ahead of of others, you know, to stay ahead of others. Because what's the story if, like, a, a bear, if you're in a forest with a friend and a bear's chasing you, you just have to run faster than, than the, your, friend. your friend, not faster <laughs> than the bear, you know, which is really much. You just need to stay ahead to be learning more than your competitors, you know, if you're a company or learning more than your colleagues, if you're inside an organization and you're trying to get ahead. Mm. Learning is it's really, really key. And I know for me, that's where, where I thought I was on a decent platform before. As soon as I really became um, – the the Microsoft CEO said that he says you know there's lots of know-it-alls around we need more learn-it-alls which really switching from becoming a know-it-all to becoming a learn-it-all just to be like I just want to absorb as much information from everywhere because I know that's my key to plug it in to getting new ideas the way of doing it and to connecting the dots to make things really exponentially better yeah but there's still space for traditional uh, formal type of learning so I mean a lot of people it's, it's you know yes. it's early in the year and a lot of people will register for their honor <laughs> or their masters so there's still space for that definitely definitely but in the end that's still a little bit of a factory you know you want to uh, degrees battles to keep up with the new world like you know it's it's very hard for them you know a lot of the information there it's hard to you know you design a syllabus by the time you're halfway through the year the world changes so fast now certain elements not all of them there's yes. certain key critical elements yes. like I definitely wouldn't want someone to operate me who's done a Udemy course you know yeah. <laughs> like there's certain there's certain elements that aren't really taught through that and it's quite amazing like I've been quite impressed like for example Vitz have approached me now building together just it's not a f- formal degree but a two day innovation uh, masterclass, what they call it, yes. to really help guys to come to really supplement other stuff. So whether you're in a company or maybe you're a university student want to get extra to supplement that to really connect to this new, to this new world. But you know, definitely, definitely there is space for going to university. I think it, universities have to act very fast in order not to be disrupted. They really, 
they really there's there becomes less and less and less need for universities as we know them now it's the different in the future and definitely that i think they'll always exist in some form but before if you think about it you had to go to one specific place in order because that's where the knowledge was yes. there was a lecturer that yes. stand in front of you and that's about to absorb knowledge yeah. today you can absorb knowledge from anywhere you can there's smart ways for you to even be tested um, it will be a long time before it happens but to even be tested in your own home mm. maybe that you know that knowledge and how to to pick that up in in the future who knows there might be artificial intelligence programs that can work with you and actually not say yes right wrong but actually understand whether you actually got a gross or something on the subject or not instead of traditional testing i just think that they universities really are one area that really need to sort of wake up to the new world and adjust because otherwise they really really um you know, I don't believe my kids now that I got three little girls. I don't believe when they get to 18 after school that universities will exist anything in like the formats yeah. they are at the moment. I mean, yeah, and I'm not necessarily going to delve into the topic, but even if I hear, you know, the concept around fees must fall yes. is that, I mean, you know, it becomes tricky if you think about tertiary education strictly the way that we understand it today. Yes. But if they can evolve and maybe apply tertiary Definitely. education differently I think the resources we have can essentially make it free 100% you know I mean? and the thing with fees must fall and don't delve too deeply into that because I guess there's controversial stuff around us but one of the things for people is not only the fees that they have in terms of doing their degree if you look at a lot of people the expenses that they have to outlay just to get to where they are yeah, and for res, laws res res and, and all that so even you know, ideally the education should have to go down a lot. But even if all of that other stuff goes away, especially if content becomes more digitized, if they can stay where they are, not have to go to those res, all those travel costs, or a lot of the stuff that comes with it, mm. it solves a big part of the of the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So then the next one, I mean, you talk about scaling. Um, you know, not that it's not important, but um, I'm, I'm going to jump that one. There's daily productivity. I think that that's an important aspect for, for many people. Um, very quickly around daily productivity. Oh, uh, yeah. Daily productivity is very much uh, again. I mean, you're just telling people just to do their work, wake up and do <laughs> their work. What's that about? Yeah. Do you know what? Even without that, it's just, I think people balance. Uh, there's a lot of procrastination that happens and a lot of things that do but there's a lot of once again there's a lot of enabling tools that can help you to do things a lot better to automate your life a lot of it's about automating your life or understanding your own uses um, of your time for example understanding if you're spending half your day on on Facebook sometimes I'm guilty of spending a bit too much time on LinkedIn (laughs) you know uh, that has its benefits maybe for business but like very much like going to there how do you go about Doing things there a lot, um, differently and, and to start moving from being busy to being productive. You know, like a lot of people are saying, I'm so busy, so busy, so busy the whole time. Three months later, they look back and they're like, okay, what did I actually do? Mm. You know, so it's very much sort of those principles behind that. And I'm very much a believer of your off times as important as your on time. Like if you, you can't walk, work yourself to the ground completely all the time. Your brain becomes less sharp. You become less open to new things and really much balancing and making sure that you as sharp as possible whenever you do work. 
Okay. So, I mean, is, is it like more from a behavioral psychology perspective that you approach it or do, or do you take really like practical steps? How do you, how do you tackle the subject? So a little bit behavioral, but then a lot of practical tools that will help you do that. So uh, a bit of the theory behind it and things not to do. And then things, for example, tracking how you use your time, things, tools to automate a lot of processes you may be doing anyway. Um, and lots of, uh, extra steps just to, to, um, just to really do things just more efficiently and to mm. be, to better. But I like, I like the behavioral side around it. I very much believe, like, what this is one thing called Parkinson's law. It's saying as much time as you have to do something, that's how long it will take. I know that, like, if you've, sometimes I remember when I was back in corporates, you, if someone, if they told you you had three weeks to do something, it would take you three weeks. If it's, they told you the same thing, they said we need it in two days, you'll take two days. Yeah. It's just sort of getting into that thing. Just don't let time expand so much. There's no reason why people have to be leaving work late at night because, you know, they've worked throughout the day. If you make a cutoff point for yourself and it doesn't matter what your, your, your company tells you, and I know I'm a bit controversial about that, but I was like that, uh, when I was inside organizations is that you've got, you know, you've got your own life, you've got your family, you've got everything. You need those work hours to say, I've got those set work hours and within that are fire like anything. Cause I promise you, if you're going at full flow for four hours a day, you will outdo and outwork someone who's Going naughty naughty for twelve hours a day, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's very much my personal belief. Okay, and then um, towards the end of the book, then you you get into a conversation around innovation inside large large organizations, and that's something I want us to dwell on for a couple of minutes, you know, because it's really, I guess, that'll be the golden goose for many large organizations um, where they would like to know what the secret is to really drive innovation and, and get themselves out of maybe, you know, very average performance. They want to get into exponential mm. growth. Yeah. Um, how, how do you give guidance to large organizations around innovation, but more important around exponential growth, which is what the book is about? So I think that what a lot of companies don't realize is that, especially the huge ones, is that it needs to be, your approach to, to that needs to be systematic. You can't have something like a lot of them have like, for example, innovation hubs where they'll say, everyone come, submit your ideas, tell us how to benefit the company, come with your ideas, and then we'll implement. Because those never work unless you look at the whole system. But the problem is that all the way from the top, you every all the way from, for example, your boards of directors to your executives, there needs to be a certain priority and message. So what happens too often now, especially in our times, where companies maybe don't have the growth that they want. All that happens is that everything becomes short-term focus. So everything becomes, no, we need to show our shareholders better results in the next quarter and that. So then everything that isn't business as usual just gets shut down. And if stuff comes and you say, no, this is a great new innovation that comes, it it doesn't actually get taken up because they say, okay, we might have to spend a bit of money towards that and we're looking at our next quarter. We need to make sure, you know, they're trying to, you know, plug holes everywhere. So you become into that and then that feeds down, that message forms down to the executives. So then they're less worried or a lot of companies become more worried about making sure the next quarter's results are good than for the the value of 
the company is really long into the future. And yes. for example, if you look at a company like uh, Discovery, where, where I worked earlier in my career, and Adrian Gall, the CEO there, is an amazing guy. If you look at it, he's got a very different approach because it's, it's really also was his baby at a time, and he's got a large shareholding in the company. And very much looking at it, he's got he's not just worried about oh, what's the next quarter's results? What's the next quarter's? He's got his vision. He's got his future. He's looking to develop. And it becomes a great cycle because you're developing to grow the company to the future. And then and then a couple of years later, you'll get the profits from that. And yes. then results are great. So you can, again, look to the future and look to that. And it becomes a good cycle. Whereas other companies that aren't doing as well, uh, they'll be like, okay, well, in these times, we want to try increase our returns by 2%. So let's see where we can cut everything possible and it doesn't work. And then what also accompanies a lot of structures will happen is they'll say at the beginning of the year, here's our strategy. This is stuff we want to get done for the year. And what happens if something brilliant happens and someone comes up with the most amazing new concept to revolutionize or to change things, there's no space to plug that in. It automatically comes to the bottom of the list and a list that never gets finished anyway yeah. instead of going to the top of the list. So it has to have it's, – it's systematic. It has to not only one – so one, you have to have your company, your people plugged into that learning to be able to come up and come up with the things, but then also have the structures that if something awesome happens – it can go and can happen and can happen fast and the whole company's open to that and to be rewarded for that. I remember at the beginning of my career when Adrian Gore came to the division that we were in uh-huh. and said to us, guys, what are you doing? There's not enough innovation in this area. We're like, what are you talking about? This is the fastest growing area of the whole company. Check out the results of the profits. He's like, no, we need new stuff. So it's like amazing, which is just amazing. If you think about it, um, that approach is completely at the difference is you need to con- Always stretch yourself and to do things differently because I promise you, God forbid, one of these companies find the cure for cancer. <laughs> you know, it's not getting out it's there. It's not getting out there. Absolutely. And, and that's what they have to think. They have to, be, you have to take a real hard look at yourself and say, as a company and say, if we came up with the next billion dollar idea tomorrow, would we actually be able to take this to market? Would we be able to get, and with most, most companies, the answer is no. So one thing is work on the systematic thing, and another thing is to get that thinking in the organization, then you can actually come up with that next billion-dollar idea and to be able to do that. Whereas I think that lots of companies ignore the whole structures and the systems the around there. that. Yeah. And then you, you go on, which is interesting, but you finish the book, hmm. and the topic or the, the, the heading of the last section of the book is the beginning. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's the thinking behind so, that? So very much is that um, – don't think that's okay. Now you've read the book, good. You've got knowledge. You you can go ahead and do stuff. It really has to be the beginning of your learning. This book can really give you a great jump start, a great boost into this. You know, you instead of just you know instead of having to go and uh, take your next year learning. I promise you, if you get <laughs> how hard can I hard sell this? But uh, you know, if you get this, that's why I designed it really much. You can really get that jump start, but it really is just the beginning because you want to then carry on learning, carry on growing, carry on building, and just use this as a platform for it to be the beginning of your journey. I don't want it to be like the conclusion and now it's another one of the books you put in your shelf and then it's never again. Go use it as a reference book. Use it as a platform just to start off and to start your own growth, to start your own movement towards your own, uh, unleashing your own exponential potential. Fantastic. So Dean, I mean, very quickly, the, you know, if I look at the book, like you said, it is a playbook. Um, uh, if we were to distill the key learnings that you hope to impart and to share, 
Um, what what would those be? So what are the one or two things that that are fundamental in terms of the learnings that that that, that are coming out of uh, what you're sharing here? Is that the world has changed completely different and you need to be in touch with that if not you're going to become irrelevant and you're going to become obsolete like the CEO of AT&T said if you're not spending five to eight hours a week learning you're going to become obsolete so that's really what I wanted to get is that get in touch with the new world understand where things are going and practically don't worry about you know, understand about self-driving cars and especially if that's your industry, understand about space and all that stuff. But, mm. and more importantly, understand the key enablers to your business today, um, to help you grow. And there's a, there are too many futurists, but they're not enough nowists that understand that the future is really today. And the, the things you're able to do today are amazing. Never mind the things you're able to do in the future. And it's time for companies to sort of plug into that. And and with that, then what what is your vision for South Africa and for Africa? I think I think the nice thing about where we are, we got very different challenges to others, and I think wherever there's challenge comes opportunity, and to think of new ways of doing things and 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 for growing things. And I think as a people, we we're very innovative because we've had to be to get over certain things and challenges and stuff, and taking our unique culture and and using it to to grow things. And I think that a lot of the research has showed wherever there's a lot of diversity, that's also when different ideas collide. And where there's a lot of different people from different cultures working together, things can be amazing. And I think that the world's opening up a little bit more to it. You can see that there's a little bit more funding. There's certain companies that were that a South African company would never have got in the past. Mm. And I think the world's getting smaller and smaller. So there's Certain there's certain things that there's regulation where it's very different in South Africa compared to a different country. But a lot of other things, you don't need to build a platform for South Africans today. You can be a proudly South African company or African company and build something that changes the world. Absolutely. And I think that we definitely got some amazing people that can do that. And you, how do you define disruption very briefly? I think it's really looking at something that in a way that no one's ever looked at it before and creating a, just a very new way of doing it that makes that makes the status quo irrelevant and no longer the status quo. Fantastic. Dean, thank you very much. We've run Thanks out of so time much. for today. Um, Dean's book, Exponential Potential, you said is available in stores? Yeah, the, you can share this. It's, uh, in coming days, will be available in exclusive, but it's available already in the CNAs, Reader's Warehouses. And go digital. Go to the Take-A-Lots, the Lutes, or get so it's a available in Kindle. digital as well, yeah. So I've, I've got a copy. Thank you very much. Um, I haven't Thanks. read it yet, but I definitely will be reading it. Your company name is 1064 Degrees. Yeah. And you do, obviously, consulting and, and yeah, you know, present to customers on these topics. Yeah, definitely. Do, okay. Do that. So thank you very much, Dean. Thank you for joining us today. Um, to our sponsors, T-Systems, uh, once again, you can follow them um, on www.tsystems.co.za or tsystems.com and at www.unoutsourced.co.za. Uh, we look forward to a wonderful 2018 with you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. This is cliffcentral.com.